This is David Suisa. Welcome to my podcast. Before we get started, I'd like to introduce you to our new sponsor, OurOldNumber.com. Do you want to get rid of your expensive landline, save money, but keep your important home telephone number? OurOldNumber.com, our brand new sponsor, has the perfect solution. OurOldNumber.com allows you to keep your home phone number and cancel that expensive landline connection. With OurOldNumber.com, calls from family and friends to your home phone number are answered by a personal greeting from you. The caller selects which family member they want to reach, and the call is immediately forwarded to that family member's cell phone. OurOldNumber.com This is David Suisa. Welcome to my podcast. Today, Sarah Abdali Idan, Miss Universe Iraq. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. So you were big news around the world when you got death threats and you were forced to flee your country because you took a picture with Miss Israel at a I have to contest, correct. Right? Yeah, a lot of people, they say I had to flee my country. I did not flee because I'm a U.S. citizen. I live here. But my family was the one who actually oh, correct, correct. had That's to do with meant. it. Yes. Um, for me, of course, it's difficult to go back to Iraq. You know, you, you hear all these people saying, like, they uh, were demanding, like, the government to take my citizenship and put me in jail. So it's kind of risky. Uh, I don't Where think I born? can go back. Where were you born? Uh, when or where? where? In Which Baghdad. In Baghdad. Mm-hmm. And what age were you when you left? Uh, I was eight, 19. And you moved where? Uh, to the U.S., Right. And then tell us what happened. You were now in Las Vegas at this big, you know, international mm-hmm. competition, correct? And then how did you meet Miss Israel? Uh, it was basically, we were at a photo shoot for Perfect Face. And, uh, you know, all the girls, when we see each other, we usually go and we say hi and we introduce each other. We had like 92 countries, but we, you know, we do that uh, you know, to be polite, to be friendly. And uh, she was standing like across from me and uh, she smiled at me. She waved, you know, she said hi, said hi, but then she didn't come. But she was smiling and she, and she looked kind of shy or scared, you know. And so I walked up to her and, uh, and then, she, you know, we started talking. She, and I asked her, I said, which country you're from? And then she said, well, this is why I didn't come and talk to you. I was scared you might, you know, not uh, respond or walk away. And then she, uh, she didn't wear the sash at the time. She had it on the side, like she put it n- next to her jacket. So you didn't know so she I, was Miss Israel. I didn't know she was Miss Israel, yeah. So she pulled the sash, and she's like, you know, because of this. You know, the minute that she showed me that, I felt really embarrassed, you know, because we are there at Miss Universe. Like, we're peace ambassadors. We're supposed to be the best image, you know, of a woman should be, you know. And uh, so I told her, I said, why would you be scared? She said, you know, because our country is at war. I said, no, you know what? They're at war. We're not at war. We need, if anything, we need to show the people we don't have any problem. And then we took the photo. And What happened? Yeah. What uh, happened? And how quickly did it happen? And, and how did you hear? So basically when we were at Miss Universe, they kept us really busy to the point we didn't even have time to check our phones. And uh, right after that photo shoot, I remember I had interviews, and because it was the first, I think, or second day I arrived, and you need to, 
like write fill all these documents and everything. So I finished that. Uh, I, I finished the photo shoot. I took the photo. I posted it. And then I went. I did the other things. And I went to sleep. I didn't check my phone. I was tired, exhausted. Then I woke up with my phone, like 40, in, you know, messages and 50 missed calls. And it was basically my family, Miss Iraq organization. And I see all these messages. And I'm like, what's going on? And then I understood from the messages that they left me that it was my photo. So I opened Instagram and I see all these people uh, basically cursing me out and saying, why did you do that? And instantly, like, you know, right after I talked with Miss Iraq organization at the time, and they said, you need to take the photo down. I said, I'm not going to take it down. I didn't do anything wrong. And they said, you realize what you're doing? We have a minister. He just called us and he says, what's going on? Like you have a representative of Iraq is doing that. He said, they, they're going to take your citizenship. They're going to throw you in jail. We're going to take your title. You cannot compete if you don't take the photo down. I said, listen, I said, the photo's been posted. My intentions were good. If, uh, if they have any problem, if they think, oh, like I'm trying to support, uh, you know, they said, basically, you're supporting the Israeli government. I said, if that's the case, I'll just make a post. I say, this is not political. I'm not uh, supporting the Israeli government policies in the Middle East. I'm just trying to show the people we want peace. And I posted it in Arabic. And, and the line um, you wrote was mm -hmm. peace and love. From mm -hmm. Miss Iraq and Miss Israel. That was in the first post, the first yeah. Time. But the second one, the one that Miss Iraq like demanded me to post, or I you know, you I would lose my title and I would be prosecuted and all these things. So basically, they made me write something. I wrote it in Arabic. They took a look at it and like, yeah, you can post it now. And what was that? It was uh, something. I said I do not support the Israeli government policies. This is just an expression that we want peace between the Arabs and the Jews. Mm -hmm. um, okay. and this is not political. Right. And, and were you concerned that something might happen to your family back in Iraq? Basically, with these messages, with these phone calls, then I talked with my family. And my family, they told me they already received phone calls that uh, people they said uh, like they they uh, they threatened their life in uh, mm. like they told them something like you need to watch your daughter or you will pay for it and then my family they're like you know what's going on and but you know later I actually found out that perhaps the people who called my family it was from Miss Iraq organization mm, that they, they were trying to kind of push my family probably because I don't think anyone would you know, realize that fast who my family was and contact them that soon. Like the only right. people who knew that my family directly was the organization. Was the organization. And they were trying to covering themselves with the higher levels in the government, mm -hmm. probably. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, everything, you know, they're in Iraq, they're controlled by the government. Everybody's there is controlled by the government. Right. M meanwhile, so, it became, mm -hmm. you know, international news and the BBC mm -hmm. covered it, right? Mm -hmm. And then how did that change your life? It was... Uh, it was crazy. It was really crazy. Period. Like, I I was so anxious at that time. I wasn't sleeping well. I wasn't eating well. But I knew what I was doing was right. Were you, and were like, you getting it, calls from reporters? And yes, stuff? yes, all the time. It, it was like an, it was a nightmare. Like a little bit, you know. Like you go on social media and people are talking about you, and then, even in your personal life, like you get phone calls and. Uh, People, they want to ask you this question. And I felt like I was on trial. It, it didn't feel like something positive. 
you know. So I was glad after I saw some some uh, media, they posted it in, some of them, they, they said it in a positive way, and it made me feel assured. Like, you know, they said, oh, the, you know, she's courageous, she's brave, she did that. But at, during that time, even with, like, CNN, with uh, BBC, all these channels, like, when they just ask you and they report it, and I, I understand this is how journalism is. They just have to report exactly what's being said and done. But at the time, I don't know, like, what, what did I do? Like, why is the world, like, so... Right. You know, reacting like this Freaking way out that's yeah. such a simple thing. Exactly. But meanwhile, were you mm -hmm. concerned at every word you were saying on CNN? Not yes. to make a mistake, as you were obviously <laughs> being watched by yes. the powers that be in Iraq. And, yes. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, meanwhile, the Miss Israel, Adar Gandals, man, mm -hmm. did you keep in touch with her? Yes. Tell yeah, us, until, uh, in the beginning, um, too, when things got crazy? In the beginning, especially in the beginning, uh, she she knew about my family with their death threats and uh, she basically she said Sarah if, you know your family they can come they can stay with my family in Israel until everything she comes. said that yes <laughs> and I thought I said thank you I said no it's okay they just gonna go to another Arab country you know and uh, she was like there she's she was trying to be there with me the entire time comforting me and talking with me you know, and she's like, she told me, she said, I feel so guilty. Oh, my God. Like, I feel mm. like, you know, I, I've caused this to you. And I said, no, you did not cause anything, you know. So. Did yeah. your family end up leaving? Yes. Oh, they did. Mm -hmm. Wow. Where did they go? They left like two days. Seriously? Two yes. days? Or just yes. all the death threats? They just yes. didn't I, want to take I, a chance? They did not want to take a chance. And I told them to leave. Yeah. Where did they go? I can't say. Oh, okay. No. No problem. Not Pico Robertson in L.A., maybe? That was no. a joke. Okay. Sorry, Shani. Yeah. I couldn't help myself. Um, do you, are you in touch with them? Yes. Yeah. Do you think that their lives are in danger because they did leave? Uh, of course. Seriously, right? Yes. Even after you released the statement that they wanted you to release. Yes. Uh, that was not because, enough. Because, you know, this is like I've lived in Iraq after the before the war and after. This is like... How, how can I say this is the approach that they use if they try to silence silence someone, whether it's Saddam or whether even the people after Saddam, if you do something and they cannot get a hold of you, they will go after your family. Mm -hmm. Always. Which is kind of crazy because mm -hmm. you didn't really hurt anybody. All you did was take a, a picture. All exactly. you did was take a photo. And so... How long ago was this? A couple of years now? That was uh, November 2017. Right. So you're a year and a half. Mm -hmm. So it seems that your life has changed, right? Yes. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and tell us how it's changed and what, how has it changed the direction of your life and your mission in life and things you want to do? I'll be honest with you. Um, before, when I took the photo and all that, everything happened, um, I was a bit like unsure whether, like, what do I want to do next and all of that. But uh, with the negative response I received and with the death threats and knowing that I cannot go back to my country, I realized this is a huge issue. It, it definitely uh, needs somebody to focus on it or needs somebody to dedicate even a little from their time. And when I, when I received all these, you know, like hateful messages and death threats. I did not know before that there was like anti-Semitism in the Middle East. Like I did not realize it was this strong in the Arab countries. You know, I mean, you hear about it with, with Germany, with the Nazis. 
And I, uh, after that, I began to hear all these stories about how the Jews were prosecuted in Iraq, in Iran, in Egypt, and all these stories. How were you and, learning all this? Um, from my Jewish friends, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I even here I spent, in America, here in the U.S., yeah, and also, you know, just I started reading up, you know, a lot about the subject because. You, when you want to make any statement, because then I was invited to talk on TV, like whether it's interview or whether uh, a conference or something, I did not want to uh, look like an idiot. I did not want to say something that I was not short of. So I started really like researching, looking into it. And the more and more I looked and as time was passing and I, you know, the first time I went, I actually did, I would say my first act of trying to initiate peace after the photo was going to Israel, going with the American Jewish committee. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you got um, reunited. I got reunited with, uh, with the dar. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the, the main thing, I will tell you this thing, even uh, when I went, when I went to AJC, I remember I ha- I wrote a speech, but I had I have one Palestinian friend here who lives in, uh, he's Palestinian, he's Muslim, he lives in uh, D.C. And I knew him, and I said, listen, I said, I'm going to go, I'm going to talk about peace between the two countries. And I do, I do not, but before I do any of that, I said, my friends in L.A., most of them are Jewish, they're Iraqi Jewish or, you know, Arab Jewish or Persian Jewish. I said, I want to hear your point of view, you from Palestine, before I even, you know, consider going there and talking. And he was telling me about a lot of issues also, you know, the Palestinians, they, they had problems like crossing to go to Al-Aqsa, you know, the, mm-hmm. they have to get the security, like clearance, permission, clearance, right. yeah. And a lot of things, basically, and telling me how, you know, Hamas and how, like, the militias, they basically, they were the reason why, you know, they were be- being treated this way and, you know, a lot of things. So when he told me that, I said, okay, I said, now I understand it better. So it was basically like when I was in Iraq and how Jesh uh, al-Mahdi and how al-Qaeda and how all of these, they affected us, you know. So because I remember when the U.S., when they came to Iraq in the beginning, mm-hmm. I, the first you time. You were we, living there? Yes. During yes. the mm-hmm. invasion? Mm-hmm. So I remember, you know, during the initial, like the first few months, even you would say the first year in 2003, um, how the U.S. soldiers, they were so nice to us. They used to even take off their helmet and they play with the kids. They give them candies and flowers. And uh, when uh, after these militias, they started, you know, attacking them, then they treated us differently. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you have this sign that says you cannot cross, you know, like you have to stay like 200 feet or whatever, right. you know. Right. And uh, basically, I understood now what's the situation between the IDF and between Palestinians. It's basically... It's complicated. It's, it's, com- it's complicated, but it's like safety procedure, you would say. Correct, correct. In any act of aggression, they kind of try to put it... Like, I, I worked with the U.S. military, you know, when I was in Iraq. So I know, I know the safety procedures. So when he explained to me, I said, okay, I understand. Um, so I wrote this speech. I wrote, I wrote it down. I finished it. And then I said, I want you to take a look at it. Tell me if you feel there's anything offensive that I said about This is to your Palestinian to, friend To my DC. Palestinian friend. Um, he looked at it. He said, no. He said, this is excellent. Thank you so much. You know, we wish we could get, you know, our uh, words to be heard in uh, 
you know, you're doing that, so thank you. So I finish it, I go and I deliver the speech, and then all of a sudden I have Iraqis and Arabs <laughs> basically saying that the, uh, the Israeli government wrote the speech for me. <laughs> oh, so we're back again to those, again, that animosity. Saying, yes, mm-hmm. saying basically, like, they wrote it, like... It's so sad. Like, I, I wish I could show them, like, this screenshot of me and my Palestinian friend, like, you know, talking about this speech and all of that. And they say, no, everything is that she says, they taught her. Even, like, even yesterday, you know, like, every day, like, yesterday, take it for example, I had this Iraqi Canadian. Like, you would think Iraqis, like, they come to Canada or the U.S., they get edu- education, they would become more open-minded, they drop these crazy conspiracy theories. But still, like, until yesterday, uh, because uh, I did not respond to her, like, she said something, we're talking about, I tweeted something about Elon Omar. I didn't like what she said about, uh, uh, you know, the 9-11 acts. Right, you know, some people did right. something. Right. And I said, you know, and then they would try to blame it that people are being racist to her, this is, or Islamophobic, this is why they're saying that. I said, you, you cannot use that card every time. You said something, just admit you chose, you know, like it was bad words, like mm-hmm. ch- change uh, the way that you said it, you know. And uh, so when I posted that, that woman, the Iraqi Canadian, she posted, she said, oh, you're just attacking her because she does not, uh, she, she attacks the Israeli government. I said, what are you talking about? I said, you know what, I'm done. Like, I'm not c- right, going to even. Right, they just label you. Yeah. And then she started posting on my Instagram, commenting mm. like crazy and basically saying, Sarah, she, she cannot say anything that from her, basically, she have to comply with her Israeli high officer orders and then uh, who recruited her to say these things. Like, it is, it is kind of insane. Paranoia. It is insane. Did you feel that growing yeah. up in, in Iraq? Because, I mean, you didn't have the free press that we have here in America and that the environment was more conducive to conspiracy. And did you feel this sort of anti-Israel, anti-Jewish mm-hmm. flavor when you grew up in Iraq? Did you feel that in I, any way? I think yeah, I think this is what it is. Like, basically, you grow up in Iraq and they teach you that Israeli government is the most rotten thing on the face of Earth and mm-hmm. they're the most evil. And uh, they want to... And how do you get that? Do you get it in school? In school, on TV, mm-hmm. in conversations, everywhere you go. And, and Even th- in the it, graffitis on the wall. Does it filter to your parents? And then your parents feel the same way and they teach it to you as well? No, we really never talked about these things okay. in my home. But you felt um, it in the society. We felt it in society. I mean, every you know, every Thursday in school we had to uh, like recite like a song for Palestine, freeing Palestine from Israel mm-hmm. and saluting Palestine. Like, you know, Saddam regime. It's like very... He basically wanted to invade Israel and Palestine and become ruler. And he convinced the people, like, I'm going to free Palestine, you know? Well, Arafat um, took his side. <laughs> uh, Yasser Arafat. Yeah. You're probably too young. But, yeah. uh, no, so, no, I remember Yasser yeah. Arafat. Yeah, but uh, basically all these things, you know, they teach us and, like, how they're evil. They want to – basically they tell us that Israel plan is that once – first they want to invade all of Palestine, take all of Palestine, and then they will go from the Euphrates to the Nile. They will take all that land. So Iraq, Syria, Egypt, Jordan will be all part of Israel, Jewish state, and we will be killed and prosecuted. And this is how they manipulate the people. They right. inject they you with fear. They yeah. demonize yeah. So uh, the Jews and Israel. It, it, it's psychologists, they call mm-hmm. that projecting mm-hmm. because that's the kind of stuff 
that the dictators think of, especially the ones from Iran, mm -hmm. this idea of taking over, you know, one country after another mm -hmm. and to regain the glory, mm -hmm. whether it's the Persian glory or whether it's the Arab glory of mm -hmm. controlling a huge region, mm -hmm. which uh, is what they want to do. But it's certainly not what Israel has in mind. <laughs> I know, I know. I know. It's, it's very small country. Like, and I, to be honest with you, like the more and more I read about it, the more and more I don't understand why it's such a problem. What was we, it like? When you went to Israel your first time, what was it like? Um, it was, I'll be honest with you, it was a shock because I'll what tell you. What was the shock? The shock was I was staying at, uh, I forgot the name of the hotel. Which it was city? A, um, a something Astoria. Oh, Waldorf Astoria. Waldorf Astoria. Yeah, across yeah. from the Mamila in yeah. Jerusalem. <laughs> yes. So I was staying at that hotel and I remember... Uh, the minute I got there, the people who came to get my bags and, and the manager of the hotel, they were like Arabs. They were Muslims. And I'm oh. like, what's going on? I thought it was just going to be Jewish people. It's so funny. <laughs> and Israel, this is what we had in mind. I never been to Israel. Oh, my God. There's so, so many <laughs> Arab, Arab employees. Yeah. I used to go every summer to Mishkenot Shananim and mm -hmm. I had all these Arab friends and the Metro yes. D and the waiters and so forth. A lot of them leave it live in East Jerusalem. Yes. So I, yeah. I talked with these people and I remember... The same language? Yeah, the same yeah. language, you know, Palestinians. They were Palestinians. And I said, I said, hold on. I said, are you like Israeli Muslim or what are you? He said, no, sir, I'm Palestinian. He said, but I have Israeli passport. I live here. I said, how did they allow you to live here? He said, a lot of us live here. <laughs> it's not a problem. We make a living. And yeah. I said, let me ask you, say, how do you like living here? Like, do you feel that you're, you know, a lot... Like they mistreat you in any ways? He said no. He, you know, he kissed his hands like that, like you know, back and forth, like, like you know, alhamdulillah means thank God everything is good here. I'm like, okay, like <laughs> I did not know that. The dialect. I mean, mm -hmm. you can understand each other because the Arab you learned in Iraq versus the Arab they it's spoke there. The Palestinian, the Palestinian dialect is very, very close to Iraqi. Okay. That sometimes it actually sounds like Iraqi. Yeah. So you met uh, uh, Arab Israelis mm -hmm. on, on your trip, and what else? Uh, um, it's so basically, I you know I was I was trying to talk with them a lot. I wanted to understand more, but even like it's simple to see that. Like I went to Haifa and I went to another city. I forgot what it's called. Well, Haifa is one of the more integrated cities. Yeah, right? like a, a large Arab population. Yeah, I, you know, I walked there. I wanted to see how is the life there and everything. Did and you get uh, any negative reaction from some um, Arab Israelis? Um, except once. But uh, no, when I, so when I went to Haifa, what I've noticed is I think it was Eid. It was during Eid, the, hmm. you know, the Muslim holiday. And uh, I've noticed I was looking at the streets and everywhere it says Ramadan Kareem, Eid Sa'id. And they said it both in Arabic and Hebrew. And I right. thought that was wonderful. Like the government actually acknowledged the Muslims, acknowledged their holidays. And uh, I was walking in the streets and I see all these, you know, families, like women wearing hijab with their kids. And they walk together with Jews like on the street. And, and uh, you know, that's part we never saw or heard about all well, my life. Oh. Yeah. I don't think any people in the Middle East they hear about because when you turn on the news, all what you see is soldiers and people throwing rocks at the soldiers and then they say the soldiers killed this many uh, Palestinians. They don't even explain what happened. Why did they shoot them? You know? So this is what you hear every day. 
So th- for me, this was like a completely different side that I saw. And there's still a long way to go uh, in terms of there's still some uh, disparities between, you know, Arabs don't get as much, you know, um, as as Jews in Israel. So there's mm-hmm. still some um, long way to go before they get reach real reach equality. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I heard that from some people. Yeah, right, right, they said right. uh, they said uh, I heard from some people. They said you know for us like the Arabs who lives in Israel, we uh, we have like basically some rights, but when it comes to government positions, we don't have the same rights as the Jews. They do not prefer to put us like give us power when it comes to that well yeah i mean they have you know representatives in the knesset it's certainly um so much better mm-hmm. than the rest of the middle east mm-hmm. in terms of you know i'm a jew from an arab country mm-hmm. from morocco so there's definitely an effort to to have equality it's based on the declaration of independence in israel and so forth but i think when you have a, a democracy there's a corrective mechanism Mm-hmm. where there are social activists in Israel that are trying to make things better, whether it's the rights of the Arab minority mm-hmm. or, or Haredim or the mm-hmm. poor or the uh, African refugees who mm-hmm. are there. There's lots of problems in yes, Israel. Yes, I saw that. I saw there were so many African refugees yeah, there. lots yeah. and lots of problems. There's yes. problems with the ultra-Orthodox who have too much power mm-hmm. in the government, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, very dogmatic. So... But the idea behind a democracy is you have all these problems, mm-hmm. but you have the right and the freedom mm-hmm. to fight to make these problems better. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go to the Supreme Court. You have the right to demonstrate, mm-hmm. to have protest, and so forth. So it's a messy mm-hmm. kind of world. Uh, and you have a free press. Yes. So you yeah. hear all the complaints, and it's loud, and it's messy, but it's it's Israel. But but you know the beautiful thing about it is I remember you know one of these uh, Arab cities I was in I, I saw there were Jewish women they were on the street they were protesting the some of the settlements on the mm-hmm. West Bank right. and they were against that that like you know we need to, to stop this and you know they were they were Jewish they were not Arab mm. and I I just thought about this if this was happening on the other side. <laughs> That kill them. <laughs> they wouldn't be standing there for more than five minutes, you know. So it's beautiful thing. Like I wish. Yeah, that you know we what, can, Sarah? What yeah. you just said—it's one of the most important things. <laughs> yeah, we allow protest. I mean, yes, we, in yeah. Israel, we allow protest. Yeah, and, and that—that that is a huge thing. So tell us about your new organization that you're trying to start. What's it called? It's called Humanity Forward, and uh, Humanity Forward. Yes. And uh, basically, what we try to accomplish is uh, we're trying to rebuild the relations between the, uh, between the Muslims and between the Jews, between Arabs and between Israelis. And uh, the way we try to approach it is uh, through the first thing is uh, uh, starting channels on YouTube and uh, talking about politics and history and religion in Arabic. So because I know this is the main problem the major problem in the Middle East is that it's either lack of information or the wrong information. You've been misinformed, and this is why a lot of people, they hate and they say these things. So this is the first thing that we want to work on. And you would um, work with Israelis who speak Arab, like Arab Israelis? That's a really fascinating idea to do this in Arabic. Exactly, because I want the people to hear what they don't hear on TV. You know, they, they need to... They need to see what I saw. How are you basically. going to reach out and find Arab Israelis who can speak Arab and who are willing to engage in this? 
Um, there are many here in LA, but no, mainly okay. this uh, channel. I honestly, I wanted to start like just me, like uh, talking about this, like you know, like, kind of like this podcast, right? But just it, you it doing like, it, yeah. And we will have like guests that they come and they speak, and if there are people they want to participate, um, well. If they're listening to this podcast, reach to me. <laughs> How do they reach you? Know? you? Uh, we have our website. It's called uh, www.humanity-forward.org. Humanity-forward.org. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, I'm really fascinated by using the Arab language. So uh, have you already started mm -hmm. posting on social media in Arabic yes. with, with Arabs from across the Middle East? Yes. So, and you mm -hmm. go in and you find these places. What countries are you dealing um, with? Uh, how, how do you mean? I'm like when like, you're on social media, mm -hmm. do you find you speak to Arabs in Jordan, mm -hmm. in Iraq, in Syria, in Tunisia, Saudi Arabia? Who? Ah, uh, you mean for the organization? Yeah, for you we, personally, when you reach out. And for the organization. We, we have not done this part for the organization yet. We've been focused. There's another part of the organization that we focused on is that uh, uh, we're working with another organization called Save a Child's Heart. And basically, uh, I, another way I thought would bring people closer is if uh, there are Israeli or Jewish organizations, they would help Muslims and Iraqis. Mm. So we bringing, we're bringing people uh, and uh, children from Iraq who need uh, heart surgeries. They, mm. they cannot be performed in Iraq to be treated in Israel. They allow them to leave to an Israeli country considering? Um, they can go. They have to leave for, first from Iraq. They probably have to go somewhere else like to Jordan. And mm -hmm. then, yeah, because... You know, you cannot fly like directly <laughs> from right. Iraq. Well, far but, from that. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, th there's other uh, aspects like I'm working on. So uh, basically, this is why we, we pushed this uh, thing right now on the side of the channels. But this is the next step that I wanted to do is to talk about this and have guests. I already I have some friends who are also Arabs who are who are Americans as well and who are Jewish and comedians and I talked about them to be part of it and uh, they welcome that. Now so, what happens mm -hmm. if you meet uh, you know people like that they may be mm -hmm. anti-Israel? It happens here. I mean you know since this whole thing started, um, I realized, like, what kind of friends do I have? You know, some friends, they had no problem and they liked what I, you know, what I've been doing and they support it. I'm talking about Arab Muslim friends. And some of them, they cut. <laughs> their they cut tie. the relationship. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I think that's their problem. Like, it's not my problem. If they have this hatred, I hope one day that they can see what I can see, they can understand, but... How are you yeah. meeting uh, Arabs mm -hmm. in L.A. and Muslims? How, you, how do you meet them? Um, I mean, it's a huge population in Glendale, mm -hmm. in, uh, especially in, actually in Glendale, because uh, there's many Iraqis, and when I go to the mall <laughs> or I go somewhere, they recognize me, and they come and they talk to, with me. Um, even in Sherman Oaks, in like in some areas in the valley, there are many Arabs. And do you, do you plan on maybe taking them to Israel one day? <laughs> <laughs> maybe the, my plan actually is I hope to bring people from Iraq to Israel, mm. probably journalists, you know, and uh, and open-minded like uh, 
writers, you know, that they can see and they can influence the people. Right, because at the end of the day, this is what needs to happen, correct? Mm -hmm. We need to sort of build a bridge Mm -hmm. so that the Arabs and Muslims in Iraq Mm -hmm. meet Arabs and Muslims in Israel. Exactly. You know, and the Arabs and Muslims in Israel should kind of go and do outreach. Exactly. Not that Israel's it's far from perfect, Mm -hmm. but this is what Israel is. Yes. And uh, it's kind of a, a great goal, Sarah. And you have a Jewish name. (laughs) How'd you get that? I heard that. They even said that about my last name. They said your last name is... I know, Israeli. It's already done. (laughs) Oh, my God. Sounds like also a musician. No, no, Muslim. Muslim, born and raised. And um, let me ask you one last question. you're, You're becoming more and more public now, and you had that, you know, real negative experience. Uh, a year and a half ago, are you uh, are you afraid at all? Sometimes. Are you getting any signs? Do you get? Uh, are you continuing to get these threats and stuff like that that they used um, to? How do you mean? Like any signs? Yeah. Like uh, getting death threats? Yeah, yeah I, keep, I get them all the time. Seriously? Yes. You know, that's against the law. You should report them. I did. Okay, good. (laughs) Are you reporting them? Yes. Yes. And Mm -hmm. what are you doing to stay safe? I'll be honest with you. I... When I was in Iraq, when I was working for the for the U.S. military, it was kind of like a similar situation. You could go at any second. You could die because it was very dangerous what I did, you know, being with soldiers out there, being shot at and having suicide bombers and car bombs and snipers around us all the time. We've been attacked many times. So for me here, do I have anxiety problem? Yes, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> but uh, I just learned to live with it. I mean, I feel like... I could go at any second. Maybe it's not death threat. Maybe I will leave and it's a car accident or something. Like, mm. you never know. You just have to live your life. You have to focus on doing something good. And, you know, this is what I came to realize. So I learned to live with it. Well, we really hope you stay really safe because <laughs> this you. stuff that you're doing sounds really amazing. Humanity-forward.org. Mm-hmm. And maybe come back in a year or so and tell us how it's going. Yes, yes. All right, thank you so much, Sarai Dan. Thank you. Shabbat shalom. Thank you. Now, once again, I'd like to thank our new sponsor, OurOldNumber.com.